This is the Cascade Hiker Podcast. Find us over at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. I'm a country boy with the soft side. My heart wanders up north to the hillside. Now I've never met anyone quite as beautiful as you. I'm your host, Rudy Gets It. I'm here to inspire you to get out on the trail. You putting in two-mile hikes, five-mile hikes? Are you still on the couch? Come on, let's go on a backpacking trip. I'm going to introduce you to some folks that have done that and a whole lot more. Okay, I just wanted to kind of talk about this episode real quick. Uh, it was a lot of fun to record. Jupiter Hikes, Alex, John Zahorian, uh, what a blast to hang out. We're, we're at uh, Randy Godfrey's house, known as Arrow in the long-distance hiking community up in Bellingham. Uh, these folks were hiking the PNT, the Pacific Northwest Trail, and I don't know, we just kind of, it just, it all worked out perfectly to where, because I know Randy real well, and so uh, just all kind of worked out perfectly to where they were at their house and stuff, and you know, we, we had our moments where it was kind of like, all right, what exactly are we doing here? Kind of sat down at his kitchen table and just, just went for it, and you know, we didn't really know each other beforehand. I picked up Jupiter at a gas station on the way up, uh, right off the PNT there as it crosses I-5, and I got to know him, and man, what a what a great dude, and then when I met Alex and John, it was kind of weird because they hadn't seen Jupiter in a while, so it was kind of a homecoming for him or them or whatever. Um, and and then there I was. But, yeah, we soon got on the mics, and I don't know. It was a blast. I had a blast. I hope they did, too. Um, it's fun to meet another podcaster and these two YouTubers and, and this gal who's just uh, out there having a blast uh, amongst them. And just it's it's fun when, when people can just get together and – and just have a fun conversation. I know we we kind of talk about that in the episode too. So I guess I'm kind of being repetitive here, but um, I just want to say that uh, we talked about some things. Uh, Palante Packs is the company that John is a part owner of, and um, Jupiter Hikes on YouTube, John Zahorian on YouTube, and then the Roots podcast that John hosts as well. Uh, we talked about all of those, and uh, let's see. Also. Just kind of want to bring up real quick that uh, we're coming into a year after PCT days last year where we kind of re-upped the, uh, uh, <laughs> we, t- we talked about this in the episode too, but kind of having sponsors and things, but a Waymark gear company. And uh, he got, uh, I was at PCT days and, and he gave, and we saw, I saw Jupiter Hikes, I saw John and, and Alex. It was a blast kind of reconnecting with them after recording, but um was talking to Mark at Waymark Gear, and, and he got my daughter a um, fanny pack, and honestly, she's been wearing it ever since. I I had to I had to put some pictures up of that because um, his his uh, fanny packs are are they're they're simple, but they're really cool. I mean, I I just it's kind of hard to explain until you see them. They're just like perfect for uh, backpacking or or just you know taking to an event. My my daughter's still not really to the stage where she's uh, using a, a purse yet, but. Um, she, so this is perfect for her because uh, she, she likes to have her little Wi-Fi phone. Uh, she's only 10, so we don't have a real phone for her yet, but she loves this fanny pack. She can put it right in there. Um, and then I, I saw uh, the boys from Six Moon Designs. They were there, and um, I just want to say shout-out to them. Please go follow both of them on Instagram. It's been it's been fun this last year. It's them as sponsors, and uh, you kind of go from there after this. But uh, definitely check them out on Instagram and follow these folks as well. And oh, and since the episode two, I've checked out both the YouTube channels, and I must say that I kind of got lost watching some of them because they're 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 really good. Uh, I watched the Jupiter Hikes uh, 
where he hurt himself on the PCT. We talk about that. Um, what a great episode. It's fun to, fun to um, well, it was actually kind of cool talking about it in, in, with, with the folks in person and then watching it. But, uh, you know, I'm sure it'd be the same either way. And then, and then I checked out some of Jupiter's other videos. Cause I, I felt like I knew John pretty well from listening to the podcast. And so I, I watched some of Jupiter's videos and man, I learned a few things. I, I, you know, I'm not a long distance hiker by any means, but, uh, so, so it's fun to kind of pick up on some things and some of his tips and, and just his attitude is fun. And anyway, both channels were great and check those out. Follow Alex on Instagram. I'm sure she would love that. Shout out to Alex. So enjoy this episode. This was a long intro. Sorry. Drink a few beers, gonna take a few pills. Gotta hit the road, gotta head for the hills. Next on the Cascade Hiker Podcast, what's your name and where are you from? I'm John Zahorian, and I'm originally from Ohio. I'm Alex Kural, and I'm from Louisiana. And I am Jupiter, and I'm from South Florida. All right, we're here in Bellingham, Washington, and you guys are, are in the middle of a P&T hike, the Pacific Northwest Trail. Uh, did you guys all kind of get together and do this hike together, or, or, or was it kind of just uh, you guys happened to meet each other in Glacier and, and started the hike? Um, Alex and I are dating uh, prior to the trail, <laughs> so <laughs> we decided to do this together. But Jupiter, he just joined us starting in Oroville, but... Uh, we only hiked with him for about a day before we got confused and lost. And <laughs> I'm basically here to be the third wheel to <laughs> get in between them as often as I can. Gotcha. And it hasn't been working out so well. They lost me on day two. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are, and you found them. Uh, did you did you start the trail in Glacier, though, but you guys just kind of met each other in, in Oroville? No, I started uh, in Oroville, so I'm only doing half of it, the western half, 600 miles about. Yeah. Nice. Isn't that kind of your track record, just doing half a trail? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> that is. <laughs> you got a story about that? Or what? It, at least uh, the past year it has been. Uh, last year I attempted the Pacific Crest Trail. I was attempting a little bit more than just the Pacific Crest Trail, but uh, pretty early on I wound up breaking my foot and continuing to hike on it. So uh, I only wound up doing not the whole trail. <laughs> gotcha. I was giving you a hard time. Yeah. This time, that is the actual plan from the get-go, not to break my foot, but to uh, only hike half. <laughs> right on. And and so, John, uh, Jupiter, you guys know each other besides meeting in Oroville? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess it started off as an internet thing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, when <laughs> I was... <laughs> I think about? this was a tender thing, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when I was uh, planning to uh, do some big hike on the East Coast, I had made public my resupply plans. You know, I've always felt that uh, sending yourself boxes is a way to kind of add efficiency to your hike. So I made public my resupply schedule, and John sent me an email out of the blue saying, hey, this is pretty good, but here's how you can do it better. And that's kind of how that whole thing started. And we've gone on hikes before. We went we went hiking together in Northern California, Southern Oregon, for a little while. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And, and did you meet Alex? How how did you guys meet? That was an internet thing. <laughs> 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 I meet everybody through the internet. That's right. <coughs> Is there um, a story there, Alex? Or 
you don't you don't have to tell it. But. <laughs> oh no, I was um, I had decided I was going to hike the CT last summer, and just in looking up CT things, um, John one of John's videos popped up, and yeah, I was taken with the editing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Right on. Um, <laughs> and the rest, as they say, is history. history. Oh, yeah. Without um, videos. Yeah. But <laughs> this is my o- first official through hike. So, yeah. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. So, you, you guys did start in Glacier. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that? Because you take like a train or something to get up there. And was it kind of just surreal? Well, we actually rented a car from Salt Lake with one of John's friends who was hiking the GDT. And so we just kind of all s- split that up, got to Glacier, and we, like, hung out in Whitefish for a day the day before. With baby Tommy. Yeah, with a uh, twerk, twerk in the dirt. Um, and just had a great time. It was, like, the perfect intro to Montana. It was like we just slept beside this river and then the next day we went into glacier got our permits and yeah we were we were off well glacier is just the best place it's to start a hike and there's all these hikes that all split off from it so yeah to take a moment and appreciate that from glacier you could start the pacific northwest trail the great divide trail or the continental divide trail all from that one point is pretty cool so your friend that you drove up with pepper flake he started the Great Divide Trail and went north while you guys went west. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Who went south? <laughs> no, yeah. We met. Running to people. Oh Dirt yeah, Dirtmonger. Well, he was going north. Oh, he was yeah. going north. Too. Yeah. Huh. But I met. Uh, well, I saw some people I knew going south on the CDT also. So. So yeah. cool. Yeah. That's prime time yeah. when everyone's starting their hikes. Yeah. So before, before between Glacier and, and Oroville, which is in Washington, um, you know, what were some of the highlights through the trail then? I mean, was there just some, some, some unexpected things, or what did you guys run into out there? Well, after Glacier, you go into western Montana, and um, <laughs> I guess that's when some of the road walking began, and but they do put you into these, that you ride these saddles for a while, and you're able to look, well, where the lookout was, mm. into, like, Yak, Montana, and that's, we actually have, like, grown an affinity for these lookouts along the way, and a lot of them are unmanned. I think there's only a couple that there are still people actually up in these lookouts, and, but the rest, they're kind of open to hikers if they're not boarded up saying keep out. Um, so did you guys stay in some of those then? We stayed in one. Yeah. Right. And now there. we want to build a lookout tower to live in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out that Randy, who we're staying with, ha- actually built a lookout tower to live in before. And we're Perfect. so jealous. But yeah. I would say the highlights would be, yeah, that area in the Northwest yeah. Peak area. Oh. There's a nice, the old PNT route uh, stuck high on the ridge there. There's now a trail that goes around it. And then also the Lion's Head area, there's bo- a bunch of awesome granite in northern Idaho. And uh, eastern Washington, I'm trying to think. I mean, 
course. <laughs> Medellin Falls was a very nice town. Perfect. And, um, now, whenever yeah. you hear about the Pacific Northwest Trail, <laughs> you always hear about the cross country. You hear about the bushwhack, the roads and stuff. Have you found a lot of that to hold true? Or is it... Uh, not is it hyped up to be harder than it actually is i think it's hyped up to be harder yeah yeah i think most trails are um a bit easier than advertised but there's definitely some bushwhacks the navigation's pretty easy and straightforward overall so i've actually run into three or four people where this is their first ever through hike and i was thinking that's pretty cool you know, this is certainly a much harder thing than a first through hike, but it's it's an adventure with all the different alternate routes you can take. And have you guys taken a lot of alternates throughout the? Are you taking me over Rudy's job? I am. No, no, I think it's great. Yeah. No, I think it's great. I was just gonna I was gonna butt in and say that uh, we have one of the first through hikers here. Uh, you know, it's a first through hike, and it is a PNT yeah. at the table. So I thought that was interesting. No, I like the questions for sure. Welcome to the Cascade Hiker Podcast, guys. <laughs> this is uh, Rudy speaking. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. No, I certainly don't try to act like a king in these <laughs> by any means. No, go ahead. That, that was a great question. Uh, Oh, no. I mean, the first, like, big highlight alternate, which I didn't even think about at first, but, yeah, that Northwest Peak was an alternate. Otherwise, I think I, I have the Gut Hook app, which is... God's it's a, gift to man. It's God's gift to man. It's it's certain, And it rather inaccurate at times. <laughs> and Very much so. So, on that note with maybe talking about the first-time <laughs> hiker, I find that you're a lot of times you'll be looking at the phone and you'll tell me that we're not on the trail. And I'm just like, we are on. Like, it's very <laughs> obvious that we're on a trail, but if the line's not there, and I think that um, you kind of, like, that's something experience can help with, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Oh, definitely. And I mean, with going some of the cross-country stuff where, you know, John's ahead and then I'm kind of behind and I'm, looking at my phone while I'm walking over these blowdowns. I'm trying to follow the line. My shoe by this point is falling apart and sticks are just jabbing into my toes that are poking out. And like, there's definitely like that first through hike. That's where it comes into play where I'm like, this is kind of challenging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like, I wonder if through that section that you're talking about describing, cause that was a pretty cool way that you described that. I wonder if it would make sense more to just have a compass because I bet you they made that that dotted line with a compass or was it kind of going all over the place? It's it's more so it's I mean, you you are meant to cross country and you're just trying to get back to the trail past all of these blowdowns. And I'm. Well, the the line was created through somebody previously going through and tracking what they did, but. Just because someone else went that way doesn't necessarily mean that that's the way you have to go in order to get through. But if you don't have too much experience, the safer option is to just follow the line because you know somebody has gone through that way before. They lived. Yeah, Yeah, they lived. But if you just kind of look at the landscape and try and just look at what's around you for those like little micro decisions in navigation, like going around a tree or the macro decisions of there's this like ridge that follows this nice grade versus trying to go this other way um i zigzagged through it if that's the same spot you're talking about you know i was just like i kind of need to go over there and i'm Mm -hmm. just gonna figure out yeah (laughs) yeah 
That's a lot of the stuff they talk about on the CDT where you're not lost. You just don't know where the trail is. Yeah. And that's okay. You just kind of keep going forward in the right direction. It's very fun. Yeah. Alex, how was it uh, for you kind of, I don't know, in the back of your mind maybe, just because this is your first through hike and maybe there was kind of a funky section in there. Uh, But you're hiking with somebody that's very experienced. Do you feel confident even when you guys are kind of so-and-so separated? Not, Not by a lot, but. Yes, yes, and uh, I think it, I do, and I definitely feel confident in his navigation, you know, and there are those moments where, like, he's ahead, and I don't know which line he took, and it's not so much that feeling of, like, oh, I'm not going to make it. It's, like, it's never that feeling of, like, I'm, I'm going to die if I don't follow the same route he took. It's more so of just, like, what what's the most efficient route for me to take, and, like, just being so engaged with the landscape like that is you never feel scared. It just, it's like overwhelming, I guess, in such a way that being just so in tune with like where your, where your feet are being placed, like what am I going to hold on to when it gets kind of steep? And so, yeah, generally though, I, I'm getting, I feel more confident now than when I first started but it definitely has its sets of challenges and yeah. I mean, he, always, I think he has confidence in me that I'm going to end up getting, I'm going to get there. He knows what you're capable of. I think so. Yeah. Like I'll stop at critical junctions, but um, yeah, I don't want to like baby you through it too much. Yeah. I want you to, I, the most important thing of this experience is to learn a lot. Yeah. And to get that confidence. So. And I think it is through like a section where you're going cross country over blowdowns. There's no trail. You're just finding your way. I think that is, those are those moments where you're learning and you're becoming more comfortable and just being logical, I think, too. I've heard of uh, kind of a notorious section, I think it's in Idaho, um, where there's like the five miles of grizzly rehabilitation section. And it's basically just a bushwhack. Is that still true? And how, did you, how was your guys' experience through that? So that must be the Lion's Head Ridge, where you can take the mm-hmm. ridge line and go high, or you stay in the creek and go low. Either one, it is a bushwhack. Um, on the PNT maps, they say it's a more extended one if you go toward the ridge line. It's, <laughs> I think the way they described it is that. It's shorter mile-wise, but it just takes a lot more time and navigation. And Did you guys go to the Ridgeline? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I had even heard that was a really hard one. Really tough. I mean, they on the maps, they said it was like upwards of class three, and if you fall, you'll die, but there was never anything <laughs> remotely challenging in no. that regard. Not scrambling, for sure. Yeah, it was yeah, just... There was some rock th- hopping here and there, and mm-hmm. if you got off route, like, that would be bad, but... I think it's that's what was described maps. too. It was like you take a different route from someone else and you might have to like turn around because it gets too sketchy. But the route that we took, it was very minimal s- scrambling wise. Bushwag got a little, that got a little gnarly. My legs were, <laughs> my legs were gone yeah. <laughs> by the end of it. But I interviewed a gal a couple of years ago that, that hiked the PNT named, uh, well, it was Sherry Winslow, uh, night rider. And she, uh, she described that area. Somehow she ended up on the wrong side of the ridge, way down in some area. She uh, 
I believe she just kind of camped on top of like a flat rock, and she felt like she was in a spot where nobody else had ever been. Just kind of was just like this unique. Just you had the feeling of kind of being out literally in the middle of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we stayed with a guy named Mark in Idaho, and he will take his family out and they'll bushwhack up to ridgelines very frequently, and they actually seem to enjoy it, mm-hmm. which yeah. is great. Uh, he, he definitely enjoys it. And, yeah, he describes sometimes you'll run into someone out there, and you're both just like, what, what are you doing out here? And yeah, I think that is something that is a lot of fun about the PNT is just that not a thousand people have come through here and done all of this, you know, whereas on the PCT or the AT, it's like a thousand people in a month get seen by the trail angels and the towns and, you know, so you're kind of breaking ground and, you know, setting the stage for the next hikers to come through. You know, if you leave a bad impression in the towns, then that's no good. So it, it is kind of fun to uh, kind of let others know that, hey, this thing is here and we are out here doing it and spending money in your towns. And it's cool. And good, like the gas station I picked you up from. Yeah, yeah, those people were so nice, you know. <laughs> Whether they thought I was homeless or a hiker, I don't know, but I'm sure they'll see more eventually, and then they'll think of me. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I said too. I, I, I mentioned, I said, you know, whether they thought you were a bum or not, which we all know that hikers can sometimes look that way. I said it's nice to know that that you know maybe somebody does come in as homeless, and they're going to treat them just like that because of the way they treated him. Yeah. So. Not that you look like a bum. <laughs> I might. <laughs> Along that same note, though, it's like I'm, I remember hearing stories about the first people hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, and sometimes they would take the east route around Mount Shasta or go west around Mount Shasta because the trail wasn't established and it was kind of loose directions. And mm-hmm. it feels like that sometimes where, you know, we don't really know if the way that the PNT route is really the best way, and maybe we'll try something else. And in like large ways yeah it's yeah. a good point it's kind of hard to grasp the concept that really like you said with the numbers and like you're saying in the first few people that did the pct i mean you guys are part of the first few people that have done the pnt i know there's you know a couple hundred people the last few years but uh and that number is only going to grow but yeah i mean 40 years from now you know people will be talking about all you guys that are, are kind of some of the first people to hike it so Oh, I can't perhaps. wait to see how this trail and all the other underdeveloped and underfunded uh, national scenic trails evolve in the next five to ten years. You know, they're, they're, this is such a beautiful area, so it'll be really cool to see what happens. Let's talk about, so you guys all planned to meet up in Oroville, and somewhere between there and where we're sitting at right here, by the way, we're at Randy Arrow's Godfrey's house, and he's, he's an awesome host. And Lori's not here, and she's going to be surprised to see us all here. But, uh, <laughs> Very surprised. But somehow, there was like some kind of a, uh, you guys got separated and kind of were kind of keep trying to catch up to each other or whatever, vice versa. Somebody want to kind of talk about how that happens on the trail or what happens? I can say this from my perspective. Uh, starting in Oroville, I don't know if this is true, but I think Oroville to Ross Lake is the biggest resupply on the entire trail. So it's like 160 miles or 170 Right in that range. And Ross Lake itself is not a huge resupply. So we're leaving <laughs> town. In uh, We're leaving town. Our packs are as heavy as they're ever going to get. And uh, day two, there was this 10-mile climb. And, you know, I'm just joining on. So From ten, Florida. 
Yeah, from Florida. Yeah. So like although 6, I can walk feet flat up. and downs, really nice. You know, I'm really good at that. <laughs> Going uphill is not a strong suit. So I took that climb so slow, and it was so hot that uh, they just got a little bit ahead. And then I think for like the next week or two weeks, I was only, you know, I must have been like five or ten miles behind you at the most. Yeah. Or ahead. And yeah, it, or ahead. And it never feels know. that way because we're like, we're, we will be hiking and not see anyone. And then it's like there is someone behind you. It yeah. doesn't feel that way, but, you know. What was the, what was the gummy shark thing you were talking <laughs> about? <laughs> well, it's Shark Week. It was Shark Week. <laughs> and Jupiter got some fruit snacks, sharks. And in our sleuthing, I was trying to, because he got new shoes that were ultras, but it was an ultra print I hadn't seen before. So I was guessing what they might have been. I was trying to look through the two footprints of people ahead of us who also had ultras. And I was like, <laughs> is there a third ultra print in there? And then amongst the madness, there was a red fruit snack on the trail. <laughs> and in my mind, it was a shark. <laughs> Thought it was a shark too. <laughs> it could have been me. I did. Uh, I did a thirty-three, a thirty-four, and a thirty, thinking like, "All right, that'll catch him." This was the first morning, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You never know. You know yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it was at that point that we started doing thirties too. So <laughs> <laughs> we were good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you camped like two tenths of a mile away from us that night, though. Yeah. Well, that's Without the thing, too, yeah. is like when you're on a trail like the PCT, the AT, and I'm probably even the CDT at this point, there's always going, you're going to end up running into someone fairly soon at some point, another hiker that you could be like, oh, did you see so-and-so, or did you run into this person, or did you see someone who kind of looks like this? But it's like, we were hiking, and it's like, there's no one you're really coming upon to ask, like, Hey, did you see the sky, Jupiter? Yeah. And there's just a million cow trails everywhere. So even if they did, you know, you don't know where they're at. So you can't just stop and wait for them because they might be somewhere else. I'm out there with the cows. Yeah, just out there <laughs> with the cows. And you you drink such terrible water. You used to ride these babies for miles. <laughs> <laughs> well, we waited. We were waiting at a spring for a long time. And I'm like, well, I just watched him drink the most disgusting water I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so he probably just doesn't even care about this spring, and he's just going to, like... <laughs> what was the water situation? I don't know. It's all been fine. <laughs> well, I mean, what was the water he's talking about? I don't know. Well, when you hopped over that guardrail to go down into the that oh, yeah. stream <laughs> that was running between the farmland of, like, semi-standing water... It was, it was definitely... Like, uh, fertilizer water yeah like not not even cow poop water it was fertilizer for sure (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know if you could filter that stuff out even if you wanted no yeah that was just it on the florida trail i asked you how much water capacity to have and you're like oh just like half a liter there's water (laughs) everywhere and i get out there and there's nothing and I end up carrying like five liters or something no because I wouldn't even treat the water that you're drinking and <laughs> still have it. Different yeah. stomach down there in Florida. I guess, I, I guess so. <laughs> uh, so talk a little bit about the, the Pesaten then, because I mean that's that's really honestly a lot of people that uh, hike around here. I I've only done like the Pacific Crest Trail through there, so I haven't done um, a lot of the Pesaten, you know, the border border trail and all that. Um, was that awesome? Because that's all I ever hear from people. Look up Cathedral Pass. Where this, the areas, the trails in that area were so good. Cathedral oh, I Pass. completely agree. Yeah. Yeah, Cathedral Pass was everything. And, like, that's the high, also the highest point on the PNT. Oh, is it? Yeah. Cool. 
And so like we also didn't really look at pictures or anything. So it was like everything was just like such a surprise and everything just kept getting better. But Cathedral Pass was like as soon as you go through these switchbacks and like you just start seeing it unfold, just the rock formations there were incredible, right? It was like this giant rock shaped cathedral and it was so beautiful. And there's just all these like lakes up there with campsites and it was so good. The wildflowers were so good. That area was well maintained. It was well marked. Like, you can't go wrong with that section. And this was after coming through Eastern Washington too, so yeah, it was especially nice. Uh, okay, so that was like the first like major thing that you guys came to that was just eye opening through Washington. Or? Yeah, just I coming up so. there for a while. Yeah, it was, it was all good leading up to Cathedral Pass, but once you were there, yeah, yeah, that was a great day. And then the Pacific Crest Trail. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That was a great section. <laughs> Overrated. <laughs> <laughs> How did that work then with you guys? Because you said you're putting in 30 mile days at that point um, through through the Pasatan. How did that work with Cathedral Pass? And were you guys did you guys stay by one of those lakes, or were you just kind of going through that area? Because I mean, that's a lot of coverage in one day. So I just kind of camp when I'm tired, so I just walk until I fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess that's kind of what we were doing as well yeah we at least we went past cathedral and we just like hit like descended into the burn section and was like all right 31 miles i was like i'm tired yeah. <laughs> maybe not the safest thing to do oh in sure the burn with all section, the dead trees yeah yeah and then i did uh, John, you'd been on the PCT section before, I think, because mm-hmm. you hadn't, right? Because of your foot. Nope. Um, so, w- was that did that land in one of those areas too, where you guys camped? So, did you camp along the PCT then, or did you guys just hike right through? No. Yeah, we just hiked. Seventeen miles, I think. Devil's Dome. <gasps> Devil's Dome is sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was that night. Yeah. Devil's Dome. Uh, there was this other beautiful section just. Uh, west of the pct and it goes over devil's dome right before ross lake and i camped on top of that thing and it was so beautiful i don't know the surrounding mountains there but oh that's so nice yeah there's i think it was jack Mm -hmm. the mountain named jack really i don't know it was was so good good. though (laughs) yeah yeah randy randy knows that area so we're all kind of yeah yeah Yeah, me and jack are on a first name basis yeah Yeah. it was a good mountain so, uh, yeah, that's another one of the spots in Washington where a lot of people talk about it. You know, it's very remote unless you take a boat up from Ross Lake or, or whatever. I mean, that's that area is very remote. There's no roads anywhere near there. So, yeah, <laughs> and it's really close to Desolation Peak where Jack Kerouac was a fire lookout. Huh. Did you guys stop cool. there? No, that'd be a pretty big detour during the biggest resupply section. Oh, that's resupply true. list yeah. section. Yeah. yeah. It was like going from Devil's Pass, Devil's Dome, and then you start descending, and then you get to Ross Lake. And then even the Ross Lake portion of the PNT going, because you go completely around the lake, was beautiful trail. Yeah. It was just, there were so many nice surprises all through there. That and then the other side with Big Beaver, all those beautiful cedar trees. Groves. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, uh, Kerouac. Did you have you read Poets on the Peaks? No. Is the old book? Do you have that, Randy? No. I just know it from Dharma Bums when I was yeah. up there. 
So they, they, there was a book uh, written by three authors, uh, Kerouac, and there was two others. They all stayed on uh, lookout. It's probably Gary Snyder. And uh, yeah, it's it, yeah. I, I can't remember exactly. Tim McNulty. Yeah. So and and it's it's an old book. It's hard to find. It, it's it's a pretty rare book. But yeah, it's it's kind of there. Just talks about what they were doing and and whatever. But cool. Anyway, uh, yeah. So moving on, the Big Beaver, and then you're getting close to Hannigan Pass, and that's just all just amazing to me. Anyway, you know, you guys you guys found that to be true. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, cascades. The passes themselves were really incredible, but I, I guess for some reason I felt a little bit disappointed that we were just in the valley the entire time and then over a pass. When I felt like maybe there's some way to stay up higher in the mountains the entire time. Like it was beautiful and amazing in the valley, but I felt like it could have been mind blowing if it was higher up. Right? Did you guys have that feeling there? Oh. I mean, yeah, because you're yeah. right at the foot of the pickets, and then also with Shuxon, like there's these amazing glaciated mountains so close, and you're hanging out in the trees. Yeah, which okay. is fine too. But yeah, no, I kind of agree. You work so hard to get up to a pass, and you immediately just pull them right yeah, back down again. It was a lot of roller coasters. Yeah, it's kind of like seen those big cedars that you like so much. That's true. <laughs> there's that too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like John Muir Trail versus Sierra High Route. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah, like, but, this is the John Muir Trail of the Cascades. But what I learned <laughs> in Alaska last year is just because there's, like, big, huge, beautiful, gnarly mountains, <laughs> they're gnarly, and you're probably going to be hanging out in the valleys around them because <laughs> to actually stay up high around them is pretty tough. Yeah. Well, I tell well, someone else can do that and let us know how it yeah. goes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure somebody has. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, my friend Sam just did that Price Glacier on, yeah. It looked he he almost died a lot. Gotcha. Yeah, you don't want to be up in there. Okay, <laughs> fair. So fair. I would assume that the reason I brought up Hannigan Pass is because that was probably the first time where you started seeing like just a ton of people. Uh, I would assume. I don't know what day of the week it was, but I've been to Hannigan Pass, and even on a weekday, it's just slammed with people. Oh, oh certainly, yeah. And because you you're coming, coming from Oroville, basically, right? Other than the PCT, maybe probably mm. didn't run into a whole lot of people. Yeah, we saw quite a, a few people on the PCT, and then you exit off the PCT, go Devil's Pass. You don't see anyone. Yeah, and then you come through, and Hannigan, we were coming in on Sunday, and there were a bunch of people coming in for the week. Just There was a campsite I wanted to camp at that was right before Hannigan Pass, and uh, as I'm walking up, I see like 15 bear cans all laid out in a circle. <laughs> I guess it was a, a group of Boy Scouts. Yeah. But uh, looking at their bear cans, I thought maybe they're trying to summon a bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool spot. And the one spot I really wanted to get to uh, was, is it's been on my list for a couple of years, is Lake Ann. Um, just kind of, you know, you, like you're saying, you got Shuxon right there, Baker right there. I don't know how your weather was right then, but um, that place just looks amazing. And that that's still that's part yeah of we it. didn't we didn't go to Lake Ann oh okay yeah because the trail there's a side trail to it but oh we oh, take okay. the Lake Ann trail down and then we yeah. exit on um, Swift, Swift Creek. Creek oh so it's before you get to Lake yeah. okay I guess I didn't look at the map that yeah. well your it's best your best views of Shuck Sand uh, is actually on the roadwalk up to the top <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's yeah like the no. paved highway with yeah. like tons of motorcycles and like sports cars going real fast <laughs> with no there. shoulder <laughs> and no shoulder it's like oh good a lot yeah. of handicap plates yeah 
Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, what I was going to also ask is is that section, Holman Pass, um, I know the P&T was talking about doing a ton of work in there. I, I know the PCTA had, had some work crews too. Did you guys run into anybody out there working on the trail? Which one's that? Uh, that was right where the PCT, right where you leave the PCT heading towards uh, Jack Mountain and all that. Oh, yeah, they hadn't gone there yet. <laughs> that was kind of sad. Because there was a fire there, and I think they were going to be going in to do some rehabilitation, get rid of some of the blowdowns and whatnot. It was like you knew when you were exiting the PCT and getting back <laughs> on the PNT. It was like readily apparent in your face, just like blowdowns. I figure it, it's hard to uh, blame any of the trail crews or anything. You can't because the trail is so remote and so rugged that even mm -hmm. getting out there would be such a challenge. And then to actually do work out there would add so much more to it. So it really has just been an adventure of yeah. uh, weirdness. Well, let's <laughs> talk about your trail crew that you did run into. Yeah, um, we actually ran into the same trail crew. Oh, you guys just hours. I... I was only a few hours after them and uh it was at this kind of a uh, on the guide people are saying that it was possibly a dicey river crossing uh dicey ford and as i'm walking up i see some older guys hanging out there and they have like a pulley system across the river through the sky <laughs> <laughs> and it was a glorious thing <laughs> and they were such nice guys they were doing some trail work did you guys also cross? Because you, what uh, Jupiter was kind of talking about was maybe that's not quite yet open to the public, but because they were there, uh, you guys were able to shuttle across that? Well, yeah, the zip line's definitely not open to the public. No, it's private use only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, we got there right when they were first showing up. So We got to ride We the got that line. ride, which was yeah. redemption from not getting that other cable car, car. Cable car the other day. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a lot going on with like river crossings and creek crossings in this mm. area that, yeah, there was like a cable car that we thought we were going to be able to take a ride on. Turns out they're disassembling it. Oh no. That, yeah. Well, it hadn't been inspected since the seventies when no. it was installed. So <laughs> huh. that's just what it, we heard. Okay. Installed We've been hearing a lot about, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we did see in one of the cabins, Ron Strickland, he signed in the cabin from their exploratory trip in 1982, I think. So that's kind of cool seeing a little trace of him in there. Did he carve his name in with a knife? <laughs> was that legitimate, though? I can't. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he, yeah, his oh, he partner wrote that on. Yeah. yeah, for the graffiti. <laughs> <laughs> but it's at the point where the graffiti turns into historical. Yeah. 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 Uh, right on. Well, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about kind of kind of backtrack then. So, um, I don't know. How, like, let's start around the table. So, Jupiter, one thing I like to talk about with guests is, you know, how did you get started with hiking? I mean, you're down in Florida. Uh, did you grow up there? And, and was there somebody in your life young that kind of got you into the outdoors? Uh. Yeah, I grew up in South Florida, which certainly isn't the place that a lot of people would think to hike, but there is actually a lot of cool stuff there. I, li I like to tell people, uh, which is true, that we have more natural springs than any other state in the country. 
wait a minute, you, you told John that, and he, he's calling BS. No, I'm not I'm calling kidding. BS. No, I was kidding. It, okay, yeah. The water uh, there's that's, a lot of standing water, too. Yeah, <laughs> sure, there's a lot of water down there, but yeah. there's also a lot of really nice freshwater springs and oh, yeah. stuff, which generally leads to some nice little hiking trails around them and nearby, so that's certainly cool. But it was actually, uh, I'd say, first my grandfather. He lived in North Carolina near the Appalachian Trail, so visiting him, I remember one time my dad pointed out the Appalachian Trail to me and said, if you keep walking, uh, first I probably won't have to deal with you. But you'll also go all the way to Maine. And I didn't really understand how far away that was, but I knew it was really far, and that was something interesting. And uh, my mom was a trail. She was part of the trail crew for the Florida Trail Association in my area. So I'd always go out and maintain trails with her, and I hated it. But At what age? Uh, pretty, pretty darn young, you know, she just gave me some little clippers and I would clip away, uh, which is probably not something they like (laughs) 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 after doing some trail maintenance myself as at an older age, but that was really kind of the first stuff. And then later on, uh, a good friend got me into hiking and I guess I just ran with it, you know, literally walked with it. Yeah. Yeah. Walked (laughs) with it. Walked very hard. What about you? Well, in southern Louisiana, I think the closest trail is maybe like 300 miles away. Like, it's something crazy. Uh, There's just, that's that's not there. If you're doing anything outdoors in southern Louisiana, you're likely in the water. You're probably just trawling or frogging or fishing or pretty much that's it. Or you're a hunter. Um, Sportsman's paradise. Um, so that was just, that was really never a part of my life as a child, but I mean, I always liked traveling and I think once I started traveling by myself that I would just like get dropped off in a city just on a bus and couch surf, I would start, I would like refuse to use public transit. And so if it meant like walking 10 miles from the bus stop to my host's house, like I'm going to do it. And, and that was my way of just kind of discovering the city. And then that just built a love for walking. And it turns out like walking in nature is a lot more pleasant than walking through Chicago. (laughs) 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 Um, And so... I think that, but I really do believe that's what started it. And then I moved to Georgia two years ago, and there was a trail that was like a mile and a half from where I was living. And so just started walking to the trail every morning and being on the trail every day. And and that was kind of the thing. Like, as long as I'm hiking every day, it doesn't have to be a lot. But if I'm getting out there, you know, good things are going to (laughs) happen. And that's so, pretty much it. So how do you step from there then to w- what you're doing now? I mean, you don't just go from uh, hiking a, a trail that's right next to you to Washington, hiking the PT. Yeah, I, th- I think it's probably a combination of that same energy that I had when it was, yeah, hiking 10 miles through a city, even though that's just walking, but it really is just walking. And I think there's just something about moving your body and you get into that repetitive just motion that quiet meditation yeah there's there's just something to it and walking every day is so good 
even if, you know, sometimes it's over blowdowns, they don't last forever. And I think that's, you know, even your days on trail where it just seems a little rougher than the other days, you know, that's temporary. It's, and John's actually been really good about that. I think it was when we were on the PCT and we turned off onto the PNT. And we're going over those blowdowns. And he's like, tonight we're going to be like going over Devil's <laughs> Pass and we're going to have great views. And, you know, uh, him saying that is just like so invaluable because it's true. Anything that's like tough on trail, it's temporary and you're going to be greeted with something great later. And I think that's just the outlook to have. It's kind of like life in general. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, that's philosophical. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> well, um, you know, I couldn't help but think of uh, Snorkel doing some, uh, you know, some mm. of her city through hikes that she's doing. And it sounds like you were, you were doing that long before her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just wow. wasn't calling it that. <laughs> One thing I, I, I did, uh, I, I was staying with my sister down in L.A., and I can't remember exactly where we were, Echo Park or somewhere. I think it was Sunset Boulevard and ran through there. And, and she was downtown, and I was like, you know what? I mean, I like to hike, so I just hike. And I think I did the same thing. It was like 12 mile, 11 mile, something like that. And I got done, and I was talking talk to the people that she was with. And uh, they were just like, why would you ever do that? And, and I said, and I started thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? I just walked through your city more than you've ever. I saw places yeah. in the city and saw things that you're never going to see. Uh, not a bad thing, but why not, right? Why yeah. not do that? City hiking is so cool. I love seeing these places by foot and just little towns and how people live, and it's so much fun. John, what about you? Oh, how I got started? Yeah. Um, young young John. Yeah, young John went on a few short uh, little city park hikes with my parents and our dog. And I did cross country in high school. I was the worst on the team. <laughs> and uh, what were you say? You just walked the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> cross country. That's that's not too far from. I mean, one of my favorite things to do was on our long run days. We would have the freedom to just go run for like an hour and a half, and I would basically just try and pick a straight line through the woods and just keep it and just like <laughs> run through it off trail. Um, and then, so, but that kind that kind of hiking didn't really, for me, it's, I guess it started with bike touring for me, really, for, like, long-distance trips. I saw the Tour de France and wanted to bike in pretty places, and then I learned from the Tour de France that bike touring was a thing from the internet, and then had this total infatuation with wanting to bike to California from Ohio. And I failed, and then I did it again, and then through bike touring, just I went on a hike in Glacier National Park, and that was the first time I had ever camped while on a hike, and it was just this whole other level of wilderness, and I knew I wanted to do something like that again, so I found out about the PCT a few months later and left about a month after I found out about it, but yeah, I loved it. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I've, I've listened to all your podcasts, and you have a podcast called Roots. And um, I don't know if it was a joke, and you just kind of brought it up now, but when your sister was interviewing you, and uh, you said that you basically didn't really get started on that bike tour. Was that true, or was that just kind of you were kind of kidding about that? Or That I what? You, that bike tour that you had planned, you said, and you said you failed. You said, I actually really didn't even start. Was 
Was that uh, a joke that you said on your oh. podcast? Was that kind of true? Well, the fr- well, I the dream was to leave my high school graduation on my bike and bike to California. That one didn't start because uh, my parents didn't want me to, and at that time I cared about that. Um, but then I did try it the next year after I'd been in college for a year and was an adult, and I made it to the Mississippi River. But it was I didn't quite understand how long distance traveling wasn't like a vacation at that point it's a lot harder and different than a vacation is so i i was it was summer vacation i was just thinking about all my friends at home having pool parties and stuff and i was just miserable with ticks all over and just like what am i doing and i just kept thinking about the west and how far away it felt with missouri and kansas and all these plains between me and utah and just like dreamed about all these places and pool parties pool parties and i got back and they didn't even have any pool parties so yeah i mean obviously there was a lot of regret there so yeah don't quit stuff happening at home while you're away is never as interesting as your mind will make it out to be mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. let's talk a little bit because um, we mentioned the podcast roots and i know you do some uh, some youtube stuff as well and you do too right jupiter yes what can you guys kind of talk about that i i personally my wife loves YouTube and, and li- you know, and I've listened to so many podcasts. I just don't find time to listen to, to watch YouTube <laughs> as well. Um, so talk about the YouTube. What, you know, what are you guys doing on there? Why should people go check that out? Or why should I, I want to go check it out. Why, why should I? You start. <laughs> Personally, um, I don't really find television interesting anymore with those massive productions and so much money going into it and it it doesn't feel as genuine or as like home baked and stuff whereas most things on youtube are just you know some small person talking about their specific niche you know so i'm sure there's like some youtube hiker youtube cascade hiker youtube channel right uh, so I just like that it's these small little people doing something that they find fun and, uh, you know, you can find anything from tech to hiking to anything at all. So that's, uh, it's honestly been the most fun thing I've ever gotten into in my life and the most challenging thing that I've ever gotten into my life, learning about editing and it, it's just so cool, you know, so what's the name of your channel? Uh, Jupiter Hikes. Right. Jupiter Hikes. Well, it wouldn't be a, a Jupiter Hikes niche if you didn't have that as well. So that's cool. Yeah, that's it's good to have that. John, what, what's your channel called? It's just John Zahorian. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's just the place where you post videos if you want people to watch them at this point. I've been trying to make my stuff more suitable for like playing on a projector and stuff like that. Like, hopefully to actually play stuff in movie theaters sometime but youtube's still the place where you post if because that's where everyone is to watch something that's long form so i just try and these days i've been trying to do a little bit more of a documentary style uh video productions where i did a long one on jupiter's attempt at the yo-yo last year um this just kind of gives a lot more backstory and kind of tries presenting a more cohesive story than just what i might capture out in the field i used to be really stringent about only doing i had made i had to have every clip in the proper order i had to only use clips that you know i filmed myself talking and that's all i would use for that 
and then now I do a lot of more like interviews after the fact of people on the trips and you get a lot more introspective that way and you can reflect on uh you can get a lot more of a wide view on the trip that way so that's cool and, yeah. and what about somebody that obviously watches youtube uh because you said that, that you guys kind of met through that in sort of way so um what do you get out of uh, watching well either one of their channels um i think it's really interesting to watch someone's progression i think with youtube and especially youtubers if like you go to their channel you see like a video they posted a year ago two years ago three years ago and watching that progression in like very different ways because it's they're they're changing the way they edit they're also changing like their style and I think I think there's something really special about that because it's real like it's it's their real life and you're just kind of able to watch it unfold you know I think John was saying too like having the camera in front of him and talking kind of vlog style may have been how he started out or on like trips like your CDT videos you know and I think it's, I don't know, I'm trying to find, like, it's funny because I talk about it all the time. Like, we're constantly talking about this. But, yeah, now it's like he's doing more features on different people. Like, his video for Jupiter was, that was, like, one of the first, when we, that was, like, the first video he sent me before he posted it to just, like, look at, to get feedback and you know that that story was very like heartbreaking. Yeah, it was. <laughs> was an atypical trail video. It involves like five <laughs> minutes of walking, and the rest <laughs> is just like. But you know, stuff like that. A lot of after interviews on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think you know a lot of the videos, like all the videos I've put out, show a different side of hiking. Where there was mm -hmm. one where there was four of us, and we all shot footage, and I put it all together, mm. and it has like it's all like that community and camaraderie that you have out on trail. And then there's a video like the one with Jupiter where it's like, sometimes things don't go well and it really sucks because you put a lot of effort into doing this and you can't do it. And you know, that's just a reality of doing the kind of things that we want to do. And then there is the one on the Hayduke trail where I did it with my business partner and it was just both of us really out there in this place that we loved and getting, yeah, just, really enjoying those places and feeling very zen about it all so there's like these different aspects for each one that kind of like latching onto and yeah that's exactly what i was trying to say and i couldn't say it yeah <laughs> are you in any videos um i could yeah. you are in one yeah i guess um we took a month-long road trip the um, people want to know who is Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm in I'm in that that video. What was what was that video? What was It was the road trip video. It was the road, road trip, trip video. <laughs> it was yeah. just a quick edit. Right on. Yeah. Uh John, because of the podcasting stuff, you know, I'm, I'm really into that. I just I love listening to podcasts. Um where are you going with that? Cuz you've kind of you've kind of just recently changed which I love uh that you're not limiting yourself. Uh, to to oh. just the roots, right? Yeah, yeah, that is true. I I think the one that 
really changed things for me was doing the one with Not a Chance, Amanda, because um, we're such good friends, and just the banter we have was really fun. And I realized that the best episodes I did were with the ones that with people that I knew really well, because I'm probably because I'm not that good of an interviewer. The whole reason I started the podcast was because I had this vision of doing more documentary style videos. And I wanted to learn how to interview people better for my videos. So I started the podcast. And then the idea was to expose people to things that aren't just the major trails because there's so much attention on them. I wanted to focus on people doing more abnormal sort of like the idea was people creating their own trails. But it's expanded to just now it's just kind of the theme of just kind of getting those kind of more about the why. I edit my podcast really heavily. All the audio recordings are an hour and a half plus, and I cut it down to 30 minutes each time. That's a huge edit. Yeah. (laughs) Everything I do, I spend a lot of time editing. (laughs) (laughs) So I edit those down, and anytime miles are mentioned, I cut it. Anytime a location is mentioned, I usually cut it. And what remains is the why and you know, what it all means. And a lot of times I'm trying to figure that out for myself. I know the other day, you know, we had some why issues when we're just kind of pushing through a viewless old road that's now overgrown and we're just like pushing through all this stuff and putting forth all this effort. And it it feels like the through hike is so arbitrary at times. So this is something that I might just bring up with the guest of like, you know, (laughs) what's the point like what are you doing this for or for a while is the natural progression where I'm trying to figure out you know where do you take it like I'm really interested in pushing kind of the limits of like what hiking can be and kind of treating it a little bit like a sport that's kind of like the thesis of my gear company in a way of just you know hiking can be this really amazing thing and if you push yourself hard you get a lot more out of it I think so yeah, just try and touch on all those deeper subjects in my podcast. Well, to be honest with you, in your, your most latest one that came out, um, trying to think who your guest was right now. Airborne. Airborne, yeah. Oh, was and Jessica was in it too. And yeah. Nick. Um, so at the end, you were kind of torn uh, about your outro, and you're kind of like, why do I do this? Does anybody really. care? And I'm here to tell you right now that I do, and actually what yeah. you just told me, based on the amount that you're cutting out of there, you kind of almost non, not even knowing it, maybe kind of almost tie that together at the end. And the, and then I li- listened to two more before that, even though I'd already listened to them, uh, kind of listened to three of them back to back, but I listened to them, uh, backwards. Uh, and so the, the, the other one was with, with the last one I had listened to was with your sister and you were trying to get her to do your outro and you're like, all right, well I usually do something like this. And then you just nailed it. And I was just like, all right, well, that's why well, you should do those outros. Yeah, I edit so heavily <laughs> for the whole episode. And then the intro and outro, it's always just like one take, yeah. just kind of first time. Let's see how this goes. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a little feedback for you. I really <laughs> appreciate you. them. Thanks. Um, but, uh, and, then, and then as much as you edit out, and you could probably relate to this as well. I mean, with your video, you know, maybe maybe I'd like to ask you, Jupiter, how much, uh, how much, if you have one of your videos that, that, that you post up on YouTube, how much are you cutting out? Like, they're going to be just hours of video that you have. Uh, it, it depends on how many notes I take before I do the video. If I basically am writing a script prior, then the editing is very simple. 
if I just do it off the cuff, it's generally a more interesting video. But then I wind up with like hours of footage I have to cut down to like 10 to 15 minutes because no one wants to watch hours worth of fumbling around or ranting on and on. So uh, also heavily, heavily he editing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I go through a lot of mine, but I usually just kind of leave everything in there and, and let the listener kind of decide. Um, but I really like what, what, how you said that because it just makes so much sense to kind of cut out the blah and just get to the kind of the well, meat. I don't know if that's the right thing to say, but um, just of the, the conversation. I really like how you do that. I, I think didn't realize that. I think a podcast is a little bit different for me, at least, where something like Joe Rogan's podcast, where it's three hours, I really appreciate the length and that everything is left in there. Whereas if it were in a video format, there is no way I would be able to sit through a three-hour video. So uh, with podcasts, I don't know. I, I like it both ways. So I, I like the long format and the shorter stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, I do too. I there, I had interviewed a guy. Um, you guys might be familiar. Um, he was doing. Oh, I'm trying to think of the name. Twenty One Eighty podcast was a um, Appalachian Trail podcast, and he was also a video editor uh, like yourselves. And so what he did was he just sat down with people and he would ask a question and he would make sure that they answered it without say don't repeat my question, don't say anything. He just wanted to hear their answer, um, and it came through real nice on the podcast because. Basically, you can't hear him at all. So it's just the person telling their story through his questions. And uh, so he does a lot of that, too. So anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, you know, when you're coming at it from that kind of making videos thing, it's probably way different. So another thing that, uh, that I wanted to bring up, uh, if you guys don't mind, the, uh, the mention of your company. Um, that was another thing. I think listening to your podcast, I, it, it just kind of comes and goes. Like, oh, yeah, you know, there's my company. <laughs> and that's about it. Uh, you never really mention it. Um, you never really talk about it. And I'm not saying you need to, but after listening to those three in a row, I was kind of like, wait a minute, what is this business thing? You never really talk about it. So, you know, what is that? Yeah, I don't, I don't really talk about it that much. <laughs> you're, like, you're not into the aggressive marketing. Yeah. And I don't have any like sponsors or anything on my podcast and I don't, well, this is your sponsor. Right, right now. Now. Cascade Hiker it? Podcast yeah. is about to sponsor you. <laughs> no, no. Oh, Yo, really? Cascade Hiker <laughs> Podcast is going to sponsor the Roots Podcast? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Routes Podcast. Yeah. And we are sponsored by <laughs> Cascade <laughs> Hiker Podcast, so you guys should go check that out instead. Yeah. No, I think, do they do that? I feel like they should do that more. S some do, yeah. <laughs> that's the perfect market because they're already listening to podcasts. You know that they would want that. All right. Uh, well, yeah, so I do have a gear company and I do the marketing for it, I guess. But basically the goal is to just um, highlight people that we like and, you know, just really be a positive force in the community, basically, is the goal. Looking forward, I'm going to try and do a lot more educational sort of videos on YouTube and just, you know, become a valuable resource for the community that, people want to be around and it's not really about marketing it's just about making things that i think are valuable to be there so yeah. what are you making oh we make backpacks yeah, <laughs> it's called palante palantepacks.com <laughs> yeah well it's it's one of those things like you because you do know about it but um just 
you don't have to like ram it down people's throats just yeah no yeah so i kind of feel that uh the people that are say following you on instagram or following you on youtube or wherever they happen to know you from those are people that want to see what you're doing Mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily cramming it down their throats it's that hey you know i just did this thing go check it out if you're interested you know you're following me here you're probably interested Yeah. (laughs) yeah a lot of people do that anyway yeah so it's true yeah well, I noticed uh, through through Instagram, just kind of you know checking everybody out uh, before we talked, and you were just down at OR, kind of checking out some some different fabrics and things. That's something you do regularly, you're trying to upgrade your packs, make them better. Yeah. You know. Yeah, this winter I I took charge of the materials duty, and I have an engineering background, so I kind of took that sort of mindset into it with a lot of research and finding a lot of new sources, and so I do most of the materials stuff, and then Andrew does the most of the design things. We uh, both talk a lot about the ideas um, behind the packs, but he's really good at refining those ideas into a really beautiful product. And um, yeah, he's gotten really talented. Who's so. Andrew? Andrew Bentz. Uh, he's my business partner, and he is a through hiker. And we hiked the Hayduke Trail this past fall together, and we met on the Continental Divide Trail in 2015 and hiked through that snowy southern Colorado portion together. And he hacked the PCT and set the John Muir Trail speed record when he was in college. And yeah, so he's really good at that stuff. Well, that's cool. Well, hey, yeah. I'm going to go to Palante Pax. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, try it out. Right. We're still uh, dealing with some, you know, stock issues, inventory, but we're making strides. And we're coming out with some new stuff that's not packs soon. So, All right. Well, uh, thanks, guys, for sitting down and chatting. This has been a lot of fun. And um, th- uh, this will come out afterwards, but it uh, uh, sounds like you guys will be down at PCT Days. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to be down there too, Jupiter? PCT Days, nice. yeah. I'm going to be hiking with these two for for the rest of the rest of the days, so unless they can leave me behind again. <laughs> 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 I'm not bitter, but uh, yeah. So I'll be at PCT Days as well. Right oh, cool, yeah. yeah. Um, should be a fun time. I'll be down there. Helping out, I was volunteer with the, all the West folks just to kind of nice. have some fun there and cool. give me a reason to go. My ten-year-old daughter will be there, so she'll, she'll be uh, awestruck to meet you all. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> She's a big fan. <laughs> Actually, that's one thing that I, I always try to um, to ask females that come on the show. Um, you know, because of my daughters, and I always try to encourage them. Alex, do you have anything well, besides the fact that I'm wondering where your uh, accent is? Um, <laughs> that was just another thing too. I was going to ask. <laughs> uh, but seriously, though, uh, with, with, with m- like somebody like my daughters, 10 years old, 6 years old, and they go hiking with me all the time, uh, you know, what would you say to kids like that that, that are kind of coming up and, and to try to encourage them or keep them involved with the outdoors? Oh, man. Whew. I mean, I worked at a nonprofit um for almost two years where I would do skills classes and I always tried to shove in like a hiking trip with them. And, you know, there were the kids that were just like going up the mountain being like, why are you making me do this? And they're just like keeled over. I'm, I have like a backpack of just like water bottles. But then there's always that one kid who's, you know, and in my case, it was this little girl. She was actually 10 years old. And, and she's walking the trail with me 
and she's just like you know hopping and skipping along all the routes and then each time someone would come down the trail she would look at them and she'd be like hi how are you have a good day and even when like the person wouldn't respond to her and she'd be like that wasn't very nice but then like the next person who would come she would still just be skipping on these routes and saying hi how are you and I mean uh, you just saying that makes me think of that and I guess what I'm trying to say is it's just I think nature just makes you a warm rich person and I think just walking through it just kind of fills your cup in a way that nothing else can and I think it makes you feel capable and I mean I've gone on a lot of different solo journeys by myself and last year starting the CT started by myself and again that just it it fills your cup in every way you feel capable you feel raw and yeah there's just I don't know if that answers the question but it's just I think it's just about getting out there and not letting your fears just know your fears are just kind of an excuse to not try yeah, I like that. The question is really just to kind of try to get something exactly what you said out because it's just uh, that kind of just brings, uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that, male, female, whatever. Um, you know, one thing I notice, especially with the kids that age, and I remember being that age, I mean, I'm, I'm the biggest hiker most people have ever met, and um, it's a mindset thing. You know, you get, and my daughter is, my 10 year old's in that right now where she's kind of uh, Jupiter coming out of Orville. Uh, you know, <laughs> where, <laughs> where she's, you know, and it's, it's, it's just like, come on, just let's go. And, and, you know, as her mind, just like, I don't know why it just hasn't, hasn't kicked into gear yet. And, yeah. You know, but anyway, yeah, I was just trying to try to bust on you a little well, bit there. Jim. I always <laughs> like to say, uh, when it comes to, when I hike with friends, they don't want to go hiking, you know, they don't want to do any of that stuff. So my mindset is always keep it fun. How can I make this the most fun possible? You know, not necessarily my goals but just purely focusing on what they are going to love and enjoy. Nice. Well, everybody just waxed it intellectual except for John, so you got to say something now. <laughs> oh, you know what? Can you give us an outro? He's not much of a yeah. thinker. Oh, I'm giving, well, <laughs> giving an outro on this episode? Yeah. We've talked about a lot, though, you know? We've talked about YouTube, editing, like why we're out here a little bit. Not too much of that, but the PNT's been – an experience I think we could all agree on. Uh, yeah. There's just so much to it, and it's just this new thing, and it's it has this life to it because it's still so young. And, you know, whether or not we're staying on, like, that path, it still feels like we're on this journey, and we're all connected by roughly following the same corridor. And I'm looking forward to seeing what comes up. And we're going to go to PCT days, see all the good hiker people, hopefully see all those people that are right behind us that apparently have been there the whole time. But, yeah, I'm just uh, stoked on the hiker community. Like, you know, I feel like Jupiter kind of took over your duties for a while, but you created this, like, really warm environment for us to talk, talk in. And Randy's house is lovely. I really appreciate him having us here. And, uh yeah really excited for what's what's to come that's that's the outro i guess all right that's the show thanks so much for tuning in don't forget to join the patreon page 
Find me at patreon.com slash Cascade Hiker Podcast. Also, hit me up uh, with an email, Rudy at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is Cascade Hiker Podcast. Twitter, find me at in underscore Cascade Hiking. And I'm Cascade Hiker Podcast on Instagram. Thanks, Whiskey Fever, for letting me use this track here, Tall Grass, off their album, Gonna Wake Up This Whole Town. Go find them at ReverbNation.com slash Whiskey Fever. Hey, see you next week. You were sweet like honey on a heartbeat. You were fine like wine and sunshine. I could feel you coming on strong. Could never be wrong. Could never be wrong. See her laying down in the tall grass. Playing mandolin in a white dress. I come running when I hear that song. It could never